What's going on, FCS football fans? Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by Football Game Plan and the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I am David Hassagan. Next to me, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, is, is it really almost August? Is it time for, is it August now? Is it time for football season already? Feels like it outside, man. It's about 200 degrees Celsius outside. It's so <laughs> hot. He, le- he leaves New Orleans to get away from the heat, and yet he ends up in New Jersey, folks. Right. If you've ever been to Newark, you know why there's some sarcasm in my voice. Anyway, folks, this is the 2019 OVC preview. We're going to talk all things Ohio Valley Conference. We got our takes from 2018. Best returning players, you know the format by now. We got the new coaches, what to look for in 2019, some of the big games, and of course our flaming hot takes at the end of this. If you want to listen back on any of our previous podcasts, you can go back from the NEC all the way to the Big Sky. We've done them in alphabetical order because we show no favoritism ever, ever. You can listen to those though on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to go to footballgameplan.com where we're going to have the videos coming out very, very soon. Uh, with the in-depth, this is going to be a little bit shorter than what we used to do, what we we're used to doing here uh, on the podcast. But we got to watch the videos, go in-depth. Emery will break it down for you. Emery's also got the incoming freshman classes coming in, the freshman 400 from Football Game Plan, so you know exactly who the new freshmen are at your alma mater, who your new classmates might be. Who knows? You know, you might get, you know, might find find a new friend. I don't know <laughs> through the freshman 400. And, of course, folks, you can follow us on Twitter for all the updates from around college football, NFL, whatever you want to follow. Go to follow FBall Game Plan for Emery and at David underscore Hassagan for myself, mainly for the hot takes. I mean, that, that's the only reason you people follow me. It's, it, it's, that's basically all And it because is. Dave is a voter in the FCS Stats Top 25 poll. Oh, I wish. Craig, <laughs> why, don't you, why won't you return my calls, Craig? <laughs> I've only left 500 voicemails on your phone, Craig. Anyway, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get into the OVC preview, Emery. And let's talk about what happened in 2018, because it was an, a very interesting year in the OVC. Not a lot of people saw a competitive race with Jacksonville State, but SEMO, Southeast Missouri, led by some now NFL talent, really jumped off the radar, putting up a 94 season. They had it in their hands. And let it slip away at the end. Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks, hold on for another OVC title. But Southeast Missouri State gave them a war right to the end. Yeah, and it, it was interesting to see them just not only make the playoffs, but make it in, in an impressive fashion. Yeah. They were really good last year uh, to the point where you saw them have a player drafted in the NFL draft. They may have another one drafted this year. I think so. So speaks volumes to what they've been able to do as a program in developing talent a couple of years ago, I forget his name, but he was a receiver down in the Senior Bowl. Yeah. So this has been a program that has been bubbling uh, under the radar. They've been growing in the right direction. They've been my team to rise or sleeper team the last couple of seasons in this conference. So I think this is something – this is a sign of things to come. So I'm excited that they had success last year, and we'll see if a team can build on that this upcoming season. And I think what's interesting is, too, is – how good the the Gamecocks were actually as well from Jacksonville State. Obviously, they were the perennial favorites. They faced a lot of adversity last season. They got tested quite a few times on the schedule. Um, didn't start off great. Lost to the North Carolina A and T in Week One uh, after being ranked in the top ten. They're, they were pro- they will probably be ranked top ten to top fifteen again in the FCS stats poll. I would assume this season. But really a nice job finishing seven to one in the conference, nine and four overall. Um, 
you know, it takes it, it takes a lot of dedication, not just to come up and challenge, but to also hold off the challenge as well. It's interesting because if you tuned in to watch Jacksonville State in the first game of the season, you probably ah, they're not going to be good. No. And if you tuned in the last game they played in the playoffs, you're like, oh wow, they terrible. You know, so <laughs> they close out the season with two ugly losses. Watch the middle. Watch the right. middle. The That's middle what... part was excellent. They started to find their groove, but the bookends were were not that great to look at. So, I think. Last year, we saw them, you know, breaking a new quarterback in Zarek Cooper, who came over from Clemson, and get used to that. Marlon Bridges, their defensive back, had some injuries last year. So, by the time they started to figure out what was going on, it was into the playoffs, and they, they were getting thrashed by Maine. And so, I think this year, we shouldn't see the inconsistencies that we saw True. from Jacksonville State early in the season. Because I want to say the first quarter of the season, maybe the first four games, their offense was struggling. Yeah, uh, they were kind of inconsistent. They couldn't find their way, and you know the middle part they they started to really turn it on. And we'll see if that happens to start the season this year. I think one another couple teams that really impressed me last year. First of all, Murray State. They came out of absolutely nowhere and put up a five and three record in the conference. Those were their only five wins, by the way. They were terrible out of conference last year, zero and three, but five and three in conference play. And then Eastern Kentucky. We've been talking about the Colonels as well the last year or so, mm-hmm. that they are building up nicely. They finished 7-4 and four last year, 5-2 and two in conference play. You could argue they were snubbed for a playoff spot very easily. The Colonels showed us something that in 2019, they could be a factor. Definitely a team to keep an eye on because of, again, recruiting, developing, playing a good sound brand of football, run game defense. You know, they, they, they have a good pass rusher and, and Patrick. You know, so I think this team is definitely going to be one to to keep an eye on this year in, in the conference. And then uh, the other thing we were, we were watching last year was, of course, Austin P. After two years ago, when they had this incredible run from winless to should have been playoff team committee, last year they fell off a bit, five and six. And we we talked about it at the beginning of last year. Can they handle now the success and the expectation? which I don't think is really fair on them, having that expectation after one winning season, after being so bad for so long. They finished 5-6 and six last year, but kind of a disappointing, kind of a disappointment still, though, for Austin P. Yeah, and, you know, they should have made the playoffs that year. They We, we talked about that at nauseum here. Last year we yep. thought they were primed to make the playoffs. Bit of dis- uh, disappointment, like you mentioned. This year, new head coach, Coach Huspit, who comes over from Mississippi State, Yep. by way of University of Louisiana, where he had a ton of success with my Raging Cajuns. So we'll see what they can do um, with the talent that's there. Because I think, quite honestly, they have a lot of talent now at Austin P. And so Coach Huspin has a lot to work with uh, at his disposal. Without, obviously, one of the best players on their team, Jason Williams, who transferred out. And for no reason, uh, we haven't heard what was the reason he transferred. Yeah, But he was their best defensive player, yeah. sack-wise and, and pass rusher, he's gone. Now that creates a hole on that defense, and they have to find someone that's going to be able to rush the passer. To certainly have a hole on defense. They do have a nice returning piece in offense, though. Kentel Williams uh, back as we talk about some of the best returning players in the conference. Um, at 831 yards, not bad, seven touchdowns, but a solid 
zero yards per carry average. I think so that's probably good. That I, I think it's decent. Yeah, I, I, it might be decent. I, you, I mean, you're the running back. You, you tell me. I, mean, I don't I, know. I have to check the stats, the <laughs> analytics. I have to check the analytics. <laughs> check the analytics, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think the best offensive player coming back has got to be, though, uh, Zarek Cooper, though, the quarterback from Jacksonville State. Uh, just a junior still. That's the crazy thing. And he puts up this number. these numbers as a sophomore. 3,416 passing yards, 32 touchdowns. He did have 14 picks, which certainly cost them in the playoffs. But Zara Cooper is a name to watch this year as a junior. Absolutely. You talk about a guy that, you know, really came on toward the middle part of the season, like we always say. Uh, and, and, again, if he can just cut down on the turnovers, this team is, is going to do some great things. They have some really good receivers out there you start to see him get his sea legs underneath him yep. in the middle of part of the season he throws a, a pretty deep ball um those intermediate routes as well he's able to zip that ball in there so excited to see him play we talked about aaron patrick the pass rusher from eastern kentucky yes seven and a half sacks last year probably is going to cross double digit sacks this season if he does that this team will be playing in the playoffs um i also look at zach hall we talked about semo southeast yep. missouri state and their their defense He's one of the best linebackers in the FCS. Yeah, I think Simo's got one of the best linebacker cores because he also have Justin Swift coming back, who last year put up 114 tackles, eight and a half sacks, 15 tackles for loss, and he forced four fumbles. I mean, you're a running back. That's a nightmare. I mean, their linebacking core was good last season. They're just as loaded this year for Bear, ready for Bear. And they're long and rangy, which you know makes it very tough in the passing game because they get in those passing windows. Yeah. Uh, speaking of passing windows. Marlon Bridges of Jacksonville State, healthy, outstanding player. And Leotis Moore, you talked about earlier, the third from Eastern Kentucky, can take the ball away. Five interceptions last season, really good. And that's he's going to be one of the uh, – I'm sure someone that Danny Sand at Cantarina is going to avoid. I have to get that name in there because it probably goes from shoulder to shoulder and then like kind of drips down his arms a little bit. Too long of a last name. But his senior season coming up this year, but he had 2,800 yards passing. He was a little bit better in terms of efficiency with the football, though, than even Zarek Cooper was. He only had 11 picks, 28 touchdowns. So he'll be a guy to watch. Again, folks, this is the 2019 OVC preview here on the FCS Opening Drive podcast. Uh, let's get into some of the new faces, and you mentioned one of them. Two new coaches in this conference last year. Mark Hutspeth takes over at Austin P. He was the assistant head coach at Mississippi State last year. As you said, a really long career at University of Louisiana. You're familiar with this man. What is he going to bring to the governors? Already the strongest coach in the conference. Have you seen him in a shirt? Like, this guy is <laughs> Is he, is he challenging his players in the weight room? Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll see him tweet about it as well, him doing his bench presses. This dude is outstanding in the weight room. But he brought – he was able to carry what Coach Bustle did, laid a great foundation uh, with the program. Then Hudson came in and built on that and got that Raging Cajun program to four straight bowl games. Right. Unheard of, unprecedented success, um, precedented success at, at the University of Louisiana. And now he takes a program that's on the come up in Austin P. that had a great foundation laid by Coach Healy. I think he's going to do phenomenal things with this program. That's, to me, the perfect hire. Coach Healy – brought the team up from absolute oblivion oblivion literally their football field had collapsed in that left corner of the end zone <laughs> so coach healy he i mean he will be a legendary coach there for i'm sure a long long time mark's husband could be the guy that takes them to some uh, some glory the other coach we have to talk about here is at eastern illinois now eastern illinois you go back about 10 years 
They're a powerhouse in this conference. They were a very good program in the OVC. They've fallen off the last few years, and in pretty pathetic fashion in some cases, although they do have probably one of the best uniforms in the OVC. The silver and silver and blue is a good look. The black helmet, yeah. Oh, it looks so good. But Adam Cushing takes over there. Now, this is a really interesting hire. He comes in after spending the last, since 2009, he's been at Northwestern. And we've seen what Northwestern's done, especially over the last five to six years or so how they've really progressed as a program at the FBS level in the Big Ten. They've actually be- Northwestern's not a joke anymore in the Big Ten, a lot because of his leadership. He now takes over Eastern Illinois. I think this is the perfect hire for this Panther program. And, and it's a guy that understands the area. Yeah, So exactly. recruiting is, is huge, um, and that's what they need. Because remember, this was one of the proud programs of the OVC. Yeah, exactly. That, that had guys get drafted, had guys – you know, playing almost constantly, almost constantly, and almost play, you know, you either saw, uh, you know, a Panther playing in either the Shrine Game, or the Senior Bowl, or NFL PA game every year. Yeah, and so him understanding the area, being coming from Northwestern, should help recruiting and and should help this program continue to move forward. Uh, I would also look at um, Bailey Fisher, yeah, true. reigning Freshman of the Year, Player of the Year in the OVC at Tennessee Tech. You know, that's something that's impressive because Tennessee Tech was trash last year. Garbage. And so <laughs> you have the returning freshman player of the year. It's going to be something to watch. It's going to be really interesting. Let's talk about what we're looking for in 2019. And since we're talking about Tennessee, what is happening in the, to the state of Tennessee college football in general? Because Austin P was 5-6. and six. The other three Tennessee schools were combined 7-24. and 24. Even the Volunteers? I mean, Tennessee—it's—it's. It's, I mean, I would think so. I, I Tennessee didn't have a player drafted. I don't believe again. No, it's, that's it's, weird. What's happened to University Tennessee football as a whole? But Tennessee Tech one in ten. Tennessee Martin two and nine. Tennessee State. No matter how much you praise them, they still don't get the message across. They were four and five. They only played nine games. Yeah, two got canceled because of the stupid weather we had last the uh, last year's right. But is there any hope in Tennessee for any one of these programs to like? Besides Austin P, obviously, I think it's probably the most open. Who would have thought that two or three years ago? Well, I would say one of the things to watch I have on my list is a healthy Tennessee State. That's why they were four and five last year. Injuries galore. True. They went through three quarterbacks, number one. So they get all three of those guys back healthy. They get a defense back healthy. They get their best receiver back healthy. So a healthy Tennessee State should be competitive within the conference. Um, I would also keep an eye on Jacksonville State's defense. Speaking of health, yeah, a healthy Marlon Bridges, and I think that's a team that does a great job of reloading. Coach John Grouse does a fantastic job of recruiting and also pulling transfers in, the right transfers to, to get the mix going. So they got a good system going, and despite them losing some guys last year to graduation on that side of the ball, I think their defense will be better this season. By the way, you are following the playbook that our producer Mike McCarthy laid out when I was here earlier uh, in the studio oh, every year I hear about Tennessee State, Tennessee State, they're going to be better, they're going to be better, and then they don't. <laughs> that, 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 that was our producer, Mike McCarthy, talking. But then again, he is well, also a bit of a cynic. Well, here's the, here's the thing, though. Like you, <laughs> bit of a cynic. Two years ago, I called a prediction, uh, the upset against Georgia State. They beat Georgia State. True. Last year, it came, it came down to the last pass uh, on fourth down inside the 15-yard or 10-yard line against Vanderbilt, or they beat Vanderbilt. So it's a fair point. The team has talent, health, and consistency is probably a big thing. Yes, um, and that's that's going to be Coach Ryan Reed's job this year to make sure his team can play consistent. 
but if they stay healthy, they are one of the more talented teams in the conference. I think another thing to watch this year again will be Eastern Kentucky, though, because talk about a team that has built like what Austin P did two years ago was nothing short of a miracle. Eastern Kentucky, though, they have slowly built this program beautifully. They're now at seven and four. We talked about Leotis Moore the third being an absolute force in that in that secondary. He's going to be a big key for them. The thing I want to see with Eastern Kentucky is where is can they finish games? That's going to be the biggest thing. They have the poise to finish off games because if they had, they were a playoff team, no doubt, last year. They probably still could have been at seven and four and five and two in the conference. The Colonels, I think, are going to be a team that you have to take seriously when you see them on their schedule. It's funny because I had that down as one of my five things to watch, and also we talked about Hutzpah at Austin P. Yep. Um, but Southeast Missouri State's offensive line, I think, will be key. Marquise Terry is gone, who was a dynamic running back. They had a really good offensive line. They're replacing a lot of guys up front. Obviously, they're going to be re- replacing Terry. We know defensively they're going to be good, but can yeah. that offensive line regroup, gel quickly, and help continue to keep this offense uh, where it was last year? Because they have the defense to go along with, uh, you know, anybody in this in this conference. And if their offense doesn't have a setback or a step back, they could be in the playoffs once again. Well, I was th- I was that's something I was looking at as well because the one thing they do have though is senior leadership at the quarterback position, correct? Which is going to be key with Sadakan Arena. Um, I think it's going to be a big task for him this year. I think you will see a couple of hiccups early on, possibly for Simo in terms of their you know, their early schedule with him getting that offensive line up to speed. But I think he's got enough leadership capabilities where that leadership we saw together nine and four last year. I think he can do that again as well. And I think Murray State. Murray State could be an interesting story this year because, again, five and six, I don't think anybody saw them close to five wins last year at all. But the Racers turned up the heat, did really well in conference play. They get one or two wins in conference. They're sitting there with six or seven wins themselves. So I think Murray State will be an interesting team to watch. Let's get into some of the big games on the schedule for the OVC. I've got an interesting one to start things off with in week one, and that is Jacksonville State. They're at Southeast Louisiana this year as their first game. That could be an interesting uh, trap game against the Jaguars. The, um, you mean the Lions? The Lions. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was like, wait a minute. And so They changed you, the name. <laughs> but you throw, you, you're right. That's a game that, that has trap game written all over it. Yes. You can't sleepwalk into that matchup. Week one is always interesting because you have all spring and summer to prepare for that opponent. Yeah. Um, so that's why those games tend to be close. So that should be a fun, entertaining game. I'm going to go to the upset side of it. I look at a matchup on September 7th, Tennessee State. At Middle Tennessee State. Interesting. Another blue, the Blue Raiders. The Blue Raiders Tennessee. replacing okay. quarterback um, uh, Stocksdale, who's like they're all everything QB. Yeah. It felt like he was there for 10 years, um, set a lot of records. So they would be breaking the new quarterback. And if there's a time to catch a team breaking the new quarterback, it's week one. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. I would also look at in that same weekend, Austin P hosting Central Arkansas. That's a that I've got that game listed as well. Week two could be interesting because I've got that game. You also have Semo going to Montana State, so you got some three really interesting ball games in week two. But that Austin P game is going to be interesting because Central Arkansas is coming off a rough year uh, last season where they really underperformed. Austin P was disappointing. That could there's three good, really good matchups for the OVC to possibly pull an upset there in week two. September fourteenth. This is a big game. Eastern Kentucky, Indiana State. Huge. Because both teams look on 
look to be on the upswing. On a big upswing, especially right. Indiana State. That's a big game. That could be a potential playoff matchup. Also in week three, by the way, talking about a playoff matchup, Jacksonville State is at home against Eastern Washington. Talk about that game could end up in the 60s. That's a lot of red out there on the field, too. A lot of red and a lot of balls just being just heaved around the yard with just reckless abandon. That could be a real interesting ball game. Um, How many Crips you think will watch that game? <laughs> probably not many, right? I, I, I would say that's probably a zero. Probably zero. Probably a zero on that one. Um, but Jacksonville State, I mean, their they're schedule, I hate to bring them up again, but then they also have North Alabama in week four. At home. They've got a, a really nasty schedule in the beginning of the season. October 19th, Jacksonville State, SEMO. Big game. Massive. Huge. Like, they got blown out by SEMO last year. Yeah, badly. Badly. SEMO. Beat the brakes off, I want to say 37-14, something like that. It was something. It was something ridiculous. It was just like, wait, what? How did that, how did that happen exactly? Um, I think another one to watch here as well will be um, – on in week nine, Eastern Kentucky at Eastern Illinois. Again, Eastern Illinois, they're gonna they're bringing in a guy who was an O line coach. They're gonna be better. Trap game from Eastern for Eastern Kentucky, I think, going into that ball game. Um, and I think another one to watch is week twelve, Austin P at Murray State. Two teams that are kind of in the same position, kind of the same level. That could be an interesting one to watch. I think. What's but, your hot take? My hot take for the OVC, and you know it's good when I have a, like, a nice long build-up where it looks like I haven't come up with a hot take, but I really do. I just want to build up the drama and the suspense. Jacksonville State is the power. I don't think anybody will challenge them except for SEMO in terms of winning that conference. But I will say this. I think Murray State finishes with seven wins plus and makes the playoffs. Wow. I think Murray State has built – Who's playing quarterback? That's going to be the big question. But I think they have enough in terms of the defensive side of the ball to keep them in ball games. I think they have enough at the skill positions to keep them competitive. I don't think last year could have been easily a flash in the pan. I don't think it is. I think they've got another year in them where they're like, okay, Murray State is not a pushover anymore. Murray State, I think, is the third team out of the OVC, and I think they get the third bid. That's the hot take right there that three teams are Three bids the, from the OVC. Okay. Um, my hot take is that Eastern Kentucky makes the playoffs. See, that's not a, that's not a hot hot take though. I think that's a True. viable hot take. That's, that's probably like a mild. Take. That's, a, that's a that's a that's a mild buffalo hot take. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a <laughs> it's not a honey barbecue hot take, but it's a it's a mild it's a mild hot take. But yeah, not. it's a mild hot take because Eastern Kentucky should be good this year. Yeah. Um, but I think my hot take within this statement is, you know. They make Again, the playoffs, three. yeah. But they, but they will also probably beat a, a team that people think is going to soundly beat them. Like they're going to win some big games. So you think they win against either Jacksonville State or SEMO? Could be as a possibility. See, because I think I, they have to I, in order to make the playoffs. I see. I would add that as a one of my hot takes. I think he, they beat one of them. Because think about it, we saw SEMO beat Jacksonville State last year, which probably helped their case. True. In getting into the playoffs. So you add. <laughs> Quick pro quo. Yeah, I, I think Eastern Kentucky could uh, could be competitive here. I, I no love for Tennessee State though. You go all all this bragging on them, and yet they don't. They're not the third playoff team for you. Here's the thing that I've noticed: history is 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 great to utilize because if you don't acknowledge history, you're doomed to repeat it. Yep. You can't really bet on the consistency yet until they prove to be consistent. The last time they were consistent, they made the playoffs and they beat Butler. Um, True. So, if they can play consistently, like I've said before, 
find me a team that has more pound-for-pound talent in the conference. Consistency is the biggest thing. True. They got good quarterback play. They get a running back back healthy. Their offensive line is always going to be good. Defensively, Makai Brown, who's a former Alabama uh, outside linebacker, had four sacks last year, should even get to close to 10 this season. The secondary is always talented. There's always a Tennessee State Tiger on an NFL roster and also playing in an all-star game. They're ready to go unless they, you know, get in their own way like we've seen them do over the last three seasons. I will give them – I'll give Tennessee State this. If they played their full schedule last year, they're probably above 500. Oh, two, yeah. Because the two games that were canceled were Hampton and Jackson State. So I could easily see them finishing 6-5. and five. I will also say this. You look at their losses – they're pretty competitive in most of the games they've played. They lost 31-27 to Vanderbilt, as you said, 49-34 to Austin P, 45-21 to Murray State, 38-21. They're not getting completely blown away. And they won two of the three Sergeant York Trophy matchups last year. They beat Tennessee Tech and UT Martin. Lost to Austin P, but that's I mean, okay. I mean, I, I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, does, does it win against UT I mean, Martin? come on. Does he win against UT Martin still capture Shout out or? to the Skyhawks. <laughs> Shout out to the Skyhawks. Great name and great logo. And quietly, uh, great recruiting base, too, because I thought defensively is, you know, they got some guys that are, are going to be some up-and-comers. So last year was an aberration for the Skyhawks, in my opinion. They've been routinely a good team in the conference. I think they're going to be that fly in the ointment, and they'll be on a come-up this year. See, Surprise I think, team. I think Eastern Illinois is going to be that fly in the ointment team this year. I think they're going to have a lot more discipline uh, this time around. Again, the jersey game is if it's anything like last year, the helmet game was on point last season. Best logo. Those were sick. The black helmets. Please keep the black helmets. But remember last year they started 0 4, so they were kind of behind the eight ball to begin with. I think they're going to be much more disciplined. But again, lost a lot of tight ball games. Lost to Murray State by seven. Lost to East Kentucky by eight points. Lost to Southeast Missouri State, 38-32. They won't get out physical. I'll tell you that. No. Coach Huspet will have that team legitimately ready to, to, to compete in a strongman competition. Austin, yeah. Austin P. yeah. We challenge you to a coach arm wrestling contest. You win. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, by the way, that decided the conference. Wait, what? Uh, let's, let's talk about this, though, Emery. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. You want to talk about where else we can find some OVC content? FootballGamePlan.com, YouTube.com slash FootballGamePlan, and also every Thursday and Friday, check out the Football Game Plan show on Game Plus Network. If you're in the New York City area, the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, you can find us on Optimum Cable at Channel 238, Thursday, Friday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and we're probably looking to add a third day come the fall, which would just mean more we're so popular. football on TV. Imagine being on TV. Uh, with a football game, with a show, football game plan. Yeah. Imagine having a thriving Twitter following with a blue check verified. He has to bring this up. Every Imagine time. being a college football color commentator that does a lot of color commentary within the FCS, Morgan State games, and also Georgetown games. I also will have some UMass games this year. Uh. One in particular, UMass versus Southern Illinois. I'll be on that broadcast. Interesting. So imagine all of that. Also imagine having. Uh, you know, when we do the draft stuff, yeah. you know, pegging a lot of these FCS players that are going to be NFL players that end up thriving like Jake Dodegala yeah. out there. And also we talk about the Princeton trio last year that is in <laughs> camp right now thriving. Imagine having all of that, all of those ties to the FCS and still don't have a top 25 vote. Craig Haley, fix it. 
<laughs> someone do something. But hey, at least you're knowledgeable. That you we are knowledgeable. You have I'm got, an open book. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't check out his books. Though. Well, <laughs> actually, you do have a book. Oh, coming that's out, right. Though. We do have a book coming out. Why hadn't I plugged that? See, that's what I get for being petty. I was too worried about not having. <laughs> He's too worried about his blue check right, mark. Uh, not not having a top twenty-five, <laughs> but I forgot about what we have coming out down the pike. If you're familiar with the go-go offense at Howard University last year, uh, the explosive offense, their offensive coordinator is now the OC at William & Mary, Brennan Marion. He has a book coming out that's published through Football Game Plan. It's called The Go-Go Offense, detailing his offense, the ins and outs of the offense, and, and how you can be explosive. Footballgameplan.com slash go-go offense. You can pre-order the book. It comes out August 25th. See, there you go. Now you can read his books. Again, folks, this Imagine authoring a book. Uh, a co-author of publishing a book by an FCS offensive coordinator and still not having a vote in the top 25. Craig. <laughs> Craig, that's all we're saying. I mean, you can throw me in with him. I'll let him do the decision, <laughs> but just include me, okay? That's fine. <laughs> Folks, that'll do it for the OVC preview. Again, we are going in alphabetical order because we play no favorites. I, I know UCAA and Missouri Valley people think that you're the only ones that matter, but everyone matters to us. We're, you're all equal in our eyes. So next week, uh, our next show, I should say, will be the Patriot League preview. Then we will talk about the Pioneer League. Always a uh, an interesting one to break down. And then we'll get into the SoCon. Those are the next three. The SoCon where Wofford reigned supreme again last year, but not without some competition. But again, Patriot League is up next. We can talk about Colgate a bit. You know how we love talking about Colgate. We love Colgate. <laughs> so we'll be talking about them Shout next. Shout out to Coach Hunt. We'll talk about them in depth again on iTunes, SoundCloud. We're on demand. If you want to listen back to the big sky, you can. For Emory Hunt, this is David Hassigan. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you in the next one.